Silent scan. Silent scan. Bombs and bits. You can't control us. Bombs and bits. A frightening dystopia. Bombs and bits. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Open your eyes. Bombs and bits. An alternate reality. <laughs> we begin as wanderers, and we are wanderers still. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Bombs and Bands with John, Mark, and the Misses. I'm John, and with me, as always, is Mark. Hello. And the Misses. Well, hey there, you. We'll cover three stories on this week's episode. First, Mark tackles Concealed Carry Corner, tips for winter carry. Then, the Misses up with research linking violent entertainment to aggression, retracted after scrutiny. Wrapping things up will be me with The X-Files, the bizarre story of Dr. Salvatore Cesar Pius, an enigmatic aerospace engineer who does stuff. Okay, I'm just saying that I skimmed about a paragraph of the article that you sent me, and that does not seem like that first paragraph. But it was exactly from, oh, well, it's different. Okay, <laughs> all right. We'll also hear from this week's sponsor. It's not SpaceX, I know, because it's, it's never SpaceX. Sp- what? Elon Musk called me. Ah! Yeah, so SpaceX. I feel like a Bobby Sox shirt, my first Beatles concert. And we will have our very first episode of Hiding with Biden. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And I'll turn it right on over to Mark. Thanks, John. So as you indicated, uh, the article I'm uh, looking at is Concealed Carry Corner, which is a column. And this particular one is Tips for Winter Carry. It's uh, written by Matt E. with uh, the Firearm blog. Anyway, it's just just some quick tips for helping you uh, weather the winter better with with a concealed carry firearm. I thought it was a really good article uh, as far as, you know, the basics go. I mean, one of the biggest problems with handguns uh, in particular is that the trigger guards are generally pretty small especially, you know, something like a Glock or a 1911. It's real easy to stick your finger in there and the glove and all that, and it'll just be too tight. And it can push the trigger uh, enough to, to uh, discharge the firearm when maybe you weren't quite ready for that. And so he recommends wearing thinner gloves. And in fact, that's, that's what I ended up doing a long, long time ago uh, with experimenting with different things for winter carry and i i finally went with some really tight fitting thin athletic gloves uh, there, there's one uh, problem with that though chuck norris could never do that as soon as he puts those on his hands are concealed weapons <laughs> that's okay they, they, yeah that's fine he can freeze his fingers and off in the winter time then <laughs> I think one of the first points to, to go though, is, I mean, you're going to have to just give up having toasty warm hands. If, if you think you're going to have to draw your gun, he gives a couple other tips though, to help out. One of them is uh, he suggests using firearms that have a straight trigger on them rather than your standard curved trigger, because that gives you just a little bit more room. His final tip, which I thought was sort of odd and maybe it's because winter you know, what people think of as winter and winter wear varies, but 
Uh, he suggested carrying larger guns for uh, ease of access, I guess, because they were bigger, they were less likely to get caught up on clothing or something like that. I uh, was he advocating like crew surf weapons, you know, like <laughs> mortars, no Heavy machine guns, RPGs. He was he was recommending duty sized pistols, so like ah. uh, your Glock 17, uh, Sig uh, 220 or 226. A Beretta 92, something big and and heavy, uh, a boat anchor almost. You know, I don't know. I've never, I, I've never even thought of that as an issue. I, I, I think it's because, you know, Idaho is not like the Upper Midwest or Alaska. At least where I live in Idaho, it isn't. There, as as far as temperatures go, I, I know it gets much colder and worse in other areas of the state. But where I am, it, it, it generally doesn't get that cold. But even so. I tend to wear longer coats that, that go over over my hips and down over uh, the legs somewhat to protect against wind and so forth. I think a lot of people do. One of yeah, the having a big gun is just not going to work uh, if you're trying to pull that up over it to access your firearm. I know because I've tried, I experimented. What I ended up doing and what I've read from other authors uh, sort of followed the same idea is actually to stick a, a small... Uh, revolver in your coat pocket that you can access and just shoot through the pocket if you had to that's a pretty good idea i was out one time shooting and it was so cold that we literally had to just put our handguns inside our jackets to keep the to get the guns warm enough to then fire a few shots before they got too cold again that led me to uh, sometimes carrying in an inside pocket and and now i'm using a shoulder holster but where it's uh it's up higher you can access it rather than trying to you know pull your jacket up over your head you can uh unzip your jacket or reach in and get it keeps the gun warm i can see some very negative defensive possibilities if you're pulling your jacket up over your head yeah <laughs> that's probably yeah, not the, uh, the 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 best of ideas it doesn't work i mean i i've tried it i mean if you've got a, if you're wearing a gun on your hip with a heavy winter coat up and you're bundled up, particularly if you have layers, you've layered the whole thing. You're not going to get to your gun uh, on the hip. I've got a couple to add. One of the things I, I think about when I think about firearms are the aesthetics. And I, a lot of people think the guns are beautiful and I'm one of them, but I really think the tasers are stunning. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, thank you. And you should feel terrible. I do feel terrible. And I told you your notes were going to fall off of that thing. Yeah, but I'm, done, but I'm done with them. Okay. And the other thing I'd like to note is uh, I did hear that the government was going to try a gun buyback, but the ATF couldn't pass a background check. So <laughs> there's that. That I would believe. <laughs> All right. And well, the only thing that I have to add to this particular article is this. It's this one thing I do know, and especially after the past couple of weeks, don't lick the barrel. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. I double dog there, yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, it's time to take us to our new sponsor spacex yay spacex when do we get our free tickets for rides we already got them and you gave them away didn't you no at least that's what you're saying all right and are, are you are you uh, suggesting that we can only ride if we ride on the outside <laughs> that'd probably be the best way hey mom I was wondering if we could launch a satellite into orbit this weekend. 
Or maybe send the probe to Mars. Sorry, champ. Both of those things cost hundreds of millions of dollars. Or sometimes even billions of dollars. Hold on, you two. Elon Musk! That's right. I'm pleased to announce that for this weekend only, any low-orbit satellite launch of up to 7 tons is only $19.95. That's $19.95. Our prices are insane! But what about interplanetary space travel? Well, this year, it's not March Madness, it's Mars Madness. All trips to Mars are only $420 per person. You'd have to be stone crazy to pass up our 420 deal. Now oxygen is extra, but seats are going fast. But what will we do on Mars? Glad you asked. Martian citizenship is now priced at a very cheap $1,999.99 this year. Oh, SpaceX! Hi, I'm Elon Musk, CEO of SpaceX. I wanted to take a moment to ask that when launching a large commercial satellite, or a car into space, or when joining a futuristic libertarian government on Mars, you consider us first. All right, that was SpaceX. So everyone, remember, SpaceX. Now we'll turn it over to the missus, who's going to talk about research linking violent entertainment to aggression retracted after scrutiny. Ah, uh, yes, and this story links, links a couple of my favorite things, television and violence. Who doesn't love those things, right? Indeed. Well, apparently this uh, person who wrote uh, the original paper, uh, this was a guy from a Chinese university, Southwest University in Changqing, China. And this, uh, the author of this particular paper that launched this whole thing's name is Qin Yang. And I did a lot of research to pronounce those names correctly. So I, I hope I'm doing that right. Because I clearly, I strive to do that. That's kind of one of my goals is to pronounce people's names correctly. Well, and you know, that's one way to have fun in a podcast is knowing that you're pronouncing it correctly. So everybody have fun tonight. Everybody Wang Chung. Everyone Chin Chong tonight? I guess so. Yes, exactly. But it does make me wonder, you know, whose idea it was to let the, uh, the French teach the Chinese how to spell things in English. <laughs> Because clearly they failed at that job. I mean, the French can hardly spell their own language. Anyway, this paper had been released, I believe it was in a journal called Aggressive Behavior. So this young researcher, a PhD student at Virginia Commonwealth, was doing a meta research study where he was looking at other studies of things. And he started noticing, um, shall we say, some oddities in both the methodology and the statistical analysis in this paper. And I'm not going to bore you with a lot of details here to make a long story short. It wasn't Young's only paper with anomalies. And the uh, researcher, the PhD student, whose name was Samuel West, wasn't the only person who noticed. One of the guys that they talked about his research in there said this guy really, really didn't have a very good grasp of statistical analysis. And his response was, well, we can all look at, uh, at numbers differently, right? No. No. <laughs> Math <clears throat> has answers. So do statistics. Statistics. I can't say that word tonight. Did you have something to add? Oh, well, well, I was actually going to. Research. You're just texting again in the middle of our podcast. How Elon wanted me to call him. Oh, okay. Word. Are you BFS? <laughs> well, he finally called. Did he see the podcast? Well, yes. 
he said that it is legal under Mars law. So it's, we're okay. Okay. That's fantastic. And Mark, your dog is freaking my dog out over here. He's like, there's a tiny dog somewhere in your desk. <laughs> yeah. But, sorry about that. Oh, it's no problem. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think just from anecdotal evidence, um, you know, violence is becoming more pervasive in our society. I mean, just last week um, I was shopping at the grocery store and the clerk asked me if I wanted to box for my groceries. And you say really you're better at wrestling, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And instead I paid, you know, I think that, I think that <laughs> called for a punch in the nose. The, the other thing I know, and this one is very statistically underreported is mime on mine violence. I mean, you never hear about that. <laughs> terrible, terrible, but, terrible. But I will say this. If video games cause violence, then why didn't we have a big class of tennis stars after Pong came out? That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm saying. My only comment is with, you know, with all seriousness, if uh, violent video games had caused violence, we would have seen uh, an uptick of violence starting in the 90s and into the 2000s and so forth instead of the decline in violence that we actually did see. Yeah, recently I heard that... Uh, Chicago was blaming Grand Theft Auto on its recent uptick in violence. Grand Theft Auto, which came out eight years ago. But, you know, it's still popular. So, <laughs> and maybe they're just getting around to it. They had other games to play, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, and people have been trying for a long time really ever since the 60s and Bandura did his studies, right, with the, the clown doll and showing kids aggressive behavior with the clown it was a blow-up thing it wasn't really a doll it was like a punching bag and then they would go in and that, they would punch it that doesn't make it any less creepy i know i know and maybe and maybe this those kids just had some aggression towards clowns they grew up to be be involved in mime on mime crime right but there's not ever really been anything that's been solidified as i was reading this story they he was the guy that wrote that was talking about someone named uh, hull from dartmouth college who had done some studies that maybe had shown a link between violent video games and aggression but one of the guys who was the premier researcher in this, and he's dead now he passed away in 2005 was a guy by the name of george gerbner who uh was dean of the annenberg school of communication at the u university of pennsylvania he did a lot of work trying to uh, find any link between violence and real life violence. But he didn't really think that that was the major problem with television. What he thought was the major problem with television was people being inundated with negative stories about bad things and violent crime happening in their communities. And he called this the mean world syndrome. And he said that what it did is that TV makes us think that we live in a dangerous and violent world. And he actually testified before Congress about this. And here's what he had to say. He said, fearful people are more dependent, more easily manipulated and controlled, more susceptible, uh, susceptible to deceptively simple, strong, tough measures and hardline postures. They may even welcome repression if it promises to relieve their insecurities. And that was what Gerbner thought was the more important issue than violence in television. And, you know, you can kind of look around, you get stuff going on in the world today and say, you know, maybe Gerbner hit the nail on the head. Well, that brings us to our next episode of Hiding with Biden. Howdy, folks. This is Joe Biden, United States Senator Sir. from... 
Sir, you're actually the president. No. Wait, I'm the vice president. No, no, sir. Not the vice president. The president. No. Really? When the hell did that happen? Come on, man. Anyway, I was just joking. I'm the 46th president of the United States. You sure about it? Yes, sir. Absolutely. You won the election fair and square. Okay. I don't want to sound stupid. Okay. Then, anywho, the reason I wanted to speak with you tonight was to call for an end to the divisiveness that has plagued our great nation recently. And by recently, I mean the past four years. I know a large number of you didn't vote for me. Hell, a large number of those who did vote for me didn't vote for me, if you get what I mean. If you don't get that joke, pick up a copy of Time the next time you're in the doctor's office. But I think we can all just put that behind us now. You know, for the sake of the country. We can all agree to listen to each other. Except when those of you on the right speak. And we can agree to let others express their opinions without being uncivil. Again. Except for when those of you on the right speak. I think we can all find common ground in the words of another president. We'll let our nation... Through trying times, a house divided itself can, can't, divided our house, our house in the middle of the street. Yes, our house in the middle of the street. Good night, and God bless the United States of Columbia. And now it's me, John, your humble host with the final story of the day and this is from the war zone navy ufo patent documents talk of space-time modification weapon detail experimental testing a bizarre stories this is probably one of the most bizarre Mm -hmm. stories i've read all year the weird part about this and i started doing some research on the internet is every year for the last three years including this one so 2021, 2020, and 2019, in February, a story about bizarre inventions from Dr. Salvatore Cesar Pius, who there's really no background on. There's no information about the guy, but he gets stories every February. It's because he's a time traveler. It could be. Dr. Pius has had several paranormal experiences. Has he? He said that several women have ghosted him on Tinder. That can happen. <laughs> but uh, the lonely lives of scientists. Yes. But uh, Dr. Pius uh, has what the has been filing for the Navy, what are called the UFO patents. These are talking about something he's calling the Pius effect. And it sounds to me like either the most phenomenal breakthrough in the history of physics or it's completely made up. It's completely made up. I'm going to have to go with the latter on that one. Yeah, me too. And, I, you know, the article I printed off is 24 words include... 24 words? 24 words. That's 24 concise. Page. Ernest Hemingway would yes. be proud. 24 pages. I'm sorry. Oh, you're going to leave that in too. All Absolutely. Right. And there's information on spinning charged discs and a vertical drive spindle and a vacuum to look for the pious effect. And there's talk of a weapon that makes a hydrogen bomb look like a firecracker. This is all made up. This has got to be made up. See, but that makes me think that maybe there's hope in there for somewhere that it's possible that I can fill my nemesis's how nemesis's nemesis 
a person who is my nemesis. I can fill their house with popcorn kernels and use giant lasers from space to We've all seen it. that movie. We've all seen that movie. No. You'll have to think of something I'll have, have to steal another plot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, I wonder uh, if it was okay. buttered popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> now, butter, that's a twist. I did not see that coming. Um, and the butter would melt very easily, too. This is a genius idea. This is groundbreaking. It's yes. gold. It's gold, John. So, so here is my theory, and this is a strange theory about this. The Navy keeps paying this guy, and he keeps doing this exper these experiments that are the most fantastic things, and they're probably complete crap. And that keeps. And if these were great, wonderful uh, innovations, why? Would it be showing up in news article after news article? Well, let's be honest. If you could snow the government mm -hmm. for millions of dollars and they just keep buying it, mm -hmm. wouldn't you keep doing that? No. Here's here's the, here's my thought. Okay. This is making the Chinese and the Russians spend billions of dollars on crap. I agree. I, I mean, this know, is it, it's fa it's too fantastic. Well, and, and not only that, but I mean, the these types of ideas about the capacitors and the spinning and vortexes of energy and so forth. I mean, they've been around forever. Uh, you know, I, when I read the story, I mean, my first thought was, of, was of the uh, conspiracy theories around what's called the bell, which oh, is yes. supposed to be a, a bell shaped They're UFO rocking. type. Yep. Gosh, now I can't think of the name of the scientists, but there was supposedly a couple scientists that had come up with some way to, make things float by using these disc-shaped capacitors back in the 40s as well. I mean, people have been talking about this forever. It always shows up in these UFO things, some, some of them are, that are absurdly easy to, to disprove. And, and yeah, I, I think you're right. I think they're just trying to get the Chinese to waste the, their money and resources. Right. Let's put our best people on this for five years. Top men. <laughs> top, top men. men. Yeah, and that's what it'll come out like five years from now that uh, Dr. Pice actually has a food science degree and his physicist is really a physicist. It's really studying phys in carbonated beverages. That's the only thing I can think of. His right assistant, right. Dick Pigdirt. Yes. Yes. Huh. <laughs> um, no, nah, come on. You know what this guy's really looking for, right? He's looking for the rack and pinion molecule to put in his his yo-yo uh, polish. You thought it was space modulator. Well, on that note, we'll be back next week with another edition of Bombs and Bants. And thank you for listening. I'm John. I'm Mark. And I'm Vanessa. Take care. Y'all come back now, you hear?